Welcome to LOI Weekly Season 4. What a season it's been. Episode 23 with Johnny Ward and Dan McDonald. Today's guests, Robbie Benson and Stephen Folan, both ex-Dundalk, one of whom played Dundalk at the weekend, the other of whom will be playing Dundalk this weekend. And it's Dundalk that we'll be talking about early in the show as well because they're into the champion, into the Europa League, rather. Group stage is proper, proper again, yeah, for the second time in, what, four seasons. So massive achievement for Dundalk. Uh, and as ever, we are with our sponsors, Lotto Land, where you'll find the odds and special bets for the rest of the SSE or Trist League Premier Division season. Check out lottoland.e forward slash sportsbook make sure to stay tuned and uh, we'll be giving out some of their specials uh, throughout the show and you can find us on podcast public spotify stitcher soundcloud itunes at loi weekly on twitter in association with air sports and independent.e early bombshell just before we came on the show go united two players testing positive for COVID. the game against Drogheda at the weekend is now called off uh, this shit just is real the whole time it's just never ending really and that's a, a massive massive news really for the league of Ireland this weekend uh, we also have darrow Con- Connor leaving Cork City, and uh, we have uh, some interesting stuff from Filippo Giovagnoli as well. And for all of that, we have Dan McDon in the house. How are you, Dan? Uh, hey, Johnny. Yeah. Um, Lots happening. Yeah, lot going on. I suppose there could have been more happening if we'd gone to level five. So I, I think, in some respects, you know, we can. I mean, there was that sort of period on Monday where people were starting to look at points per game calculations and all this mm-hmm. stuff, you know. So it hasn't come to that. We shouldn't go down that road, but it's at least. You know, there's, there's an opportunity there to, to hopefully go and finish the season without hitches. But obviously, the virus is going around the country, and in some respects, we've done well to not have a game called off yet because of it. We've got from whatever 31st of July to here, but I suppose there was one Watford game called off, wasn't there? Yeah, but it, that, that was called off on the basis of you know, the false alarm, I guess. You know, mm. one to be called off on account of not the valid correction, to be fair. But um, yeah, like a lot happening in the last uh, 24, 48 hours in the country, never mind in sort of uh, League of Ireland. And you almost forget that, uh, as you mentioned, like a club qualified for the group stages on Thursday. But even, but even since then, they've had a league game and you'll hear from uh, people, see them at some of the local press in, in the aftermath of that. But it, it is strange, you know, I mean, it could be a euphoria, regardless, okay, never mind if I got other clubs that don't want them. To get through to the group stages, but leave that aside. I completely understand the reasons for that. I think a general feel good vibe around the club qualifying for, for group stage football and, and for the league, etc. And then you had the excitement even of the draw on Friday and getting a great draw, really, with Arsenal. But, but, but I don't know, even the last couple of days or the last three, four days, it, it does feel very different in so many ways to 2016 and 2011 because we spoke with this last week, but. The reality now with the fixtures coming out that there is no to plan for for uh, fans, you know, and even even the stats of the home games now and, and who will be there and what type of events they will represent. Like I'm I'm hugely conscious and I have been throughout this that like, there people listening to this who haven't gone to a football game since uh, March. Yeah. And we are the ones that oh I know we both myself and yourselves have been able to go. Um the more I'm going I have to say, the more I feel that you're not really missing out that much, you know, like you, you, you get that insight and, and you get to be there and of course you have the structure and, and, and just be around it and stuff, but like, they're not events, you know, they're matches um, and I think that the group stage is so, I think of the group stage in the past and I think of events, you know, I think of Spurs and Rovers, 
the best games I was ever at. I think of Pauk uh, and Rovers. I think of Alkmaar, which was brilliant, you know, absolutely up there with anything. Um, you were at that one as well. And um, I'm probably not looking, probably looking ahead to the games in, in the coming weeks in the same way. I think it's an amazing story, but it's, it's, it's more an amazing story really about in COVID times, you know, the Filippo angle really coming into the club, which was, which was losing money and there's a sense of security and stability. And, and yeah, there's an element of kudos in the wider public, I guess, to some degree. Uh, we're not going to have like those nights that we did have before. And it's a bit, it's a bit deflating, but we, we have to be grateful for what we have. And what we have is, is a good thing to have. But it's, it's uh, excitement and, and buzz that should be there hasn't really been there. I think it's pretty obvious why. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. And we, we do have an awful lot to talk about today because, you know, we had the live game, Shamrock Rover, Sligo Rover, some unbelievable play from Jack Byrne. He's in the Ireland squad. We'll mm. talk about that and we'll talk about the 21s. Um, we'll talk about Gary Rogers as well, I think, with the two lads, his former teammate. But, uh, Dan, did, you, you, brought, you, you played this audio to me there earlier today from the Giovagnoli interview with a few local hacks. Now, the, the dynamic between the manager and the local journalist is probably always a little bit different. Now, for yes. Giovagnoli, this is obviously different again in that he's, uh, he, he probably never really heard of Dundalk, not to mind uh, you know, the League of Ireland. And now he's come in and he's getting to know these characters. But you, th- what you played was quite interesting. And why, did you, I'm sure you found it interesting as well. Yeah, well, let's, let's listen to it. It's just a clip dyna- of, yeah. If you it's can just provide of... some um, backdrops to this. He's obviously talking to local journalists after the game. Yeah, Sunday. so it's after the game of Finn Hart on Sunday, and, and f- in the context of reports, uh, what, 48 hours previously, or maybe 24 hours previously, that he was going to be offered the job full time. Um, and James Rogers is, is there. Gary Malone, who posted this audio up, and uh, Barry Landy and Niall from the Democrats. So it's just a section where they're discussing, I guess, uh, this result against Finn Harps. Where does he stand for the job? Um, you know, and, and the broader direction of the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be crucial to win to win next game, and then and then even the next, and, and then the next, and then the next. We have always to win here, and it's never enough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I learned that, but that's fine. That's fine. It's a challenge that we accept, and uh, I am even more motivated now. Um, even more. Yeah. Your your chairman said at the weekend that. He was going to offer you a contract based on getting to the Europa League. Have you started that conversation? After but tonight, no, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> we always do that, right? It's a game. If I win, I'm going to have a contract. If I, if I don't win, maybe not. What does he say to you? No, no, it's not like that. We are discussing about other things. It's about uh, understand what the club wants to do, the structure of the club. What it's 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 a bigger it's yeah. a bigger like I said is is a bigger discussion. Um, this is an important club, it has a lot of potential, so we have to discuss about this now. Would it make life easier for you, though, to be able to say, I want to keep certain players and, and equally identify areas you want to strengthen if you were able to do that sooner rather than later? No, of course. It's something that we are discussing about our players, we are discussing about the club, but we are discussing about everything. But, you know, we don't have time because now... Yeah, is a game, 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 and we have to, we have to prepare games every three days, and and uh, you know, it's 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 not easy, but like I said, I think many clubs that they, they they would love to be in our position now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we 
what we did Thursday, I hope we don't forget what we did Thursday tonight, right, guys? Mm-hmm. Huh? No, no, <laughs> no, I hope. No, I know we don't. I know we don't. I know we don't because it was so important for the club, for everyone, for the town. Um, you, but, yes. you, you, you discussed some players, you know, with, as James said there, with good question, you know, with the chairman. If you want to discuss who you want and who you don't want, ultimately, it's, it's your call, is it? That if, if, if is, is, a, is, a, is a call of everyone, is a call of the club, is a call of the players. They want to stay? You don't know. But if you want to get a new player or if you want to keep somebody... We're going to work together. You have to discuss that with of the course. chairman. Right? Yeah, yes, and I have to discuss with the, with the board, with the chairman, with the... I don't know what's going to be the structure in the future. But you have the full control over team affairs, obviously. I'm going to have the control that is in my responsibility. Mm. So the technical control eventually. But uh, the decisions... The other decision, we have to make the other decision together with uh, the sport. But side. team selections are your choice, aren't they? I mean, they're not. The what do you think? I would say it's you. This is a. This is a. I think this is a stupid story that that uh, the chairman decide the formation. <laughs> no. You don't think that story's true, no? No. With the previous manager, no. I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, there is many kind of pressure you can make to a coach. Mm. You can call a coach and say, oh, I see this guy is doing well. Mm. But if you take this as a pressure, no, I'm, well, I don't have this kind of conversation. I no, I don't have this kind well, of you conversation. Could, you wouldn't work under that system. Huh? You, you wouldn't work under that system, would you? <laughs> no, no. It's ridiculous. Philippe, well, you said on Friday that you expect to be at the club next year um, after your success on Thursday night. Do you think that hinges in any way on qualification via the league for your next season? I don't understand. So if, you, if I don't qualify via the league, by the league now, they're not, not going to sign my contract. Perhaps. Do you think that's the case? <laughs> that's funny. That's really funny. No, it's not like that, guys. It's Do you not, not like feel that the dog need to be in Europe every season? Of course, of course. And then what? What do, what do you? I don't understand what you wanna. What do you wanna say? Well, I'm just curious. So you wanna the find weather. the way to don't make me sign the contract. So now, so the Europa is not enough anymore. Now, if you don't qualify next year, maybe they don't offer you the contract. Well, they're different. They're then different if then if I checkers. qualify, I have the FA Cup. If you don't win the FA Cup, you're not gonna. It's not like that, guys. Please. How you can think like that? It's not like that. If you keep on going to think like that about this club, this club is not going to um, have a, a future, a consolidated the future. You understand what I mean? You have, to, you have to build a kind of structure in the club. If you keep on going to think, ah, the man, he didn't win the game? Okay. So you, you build and you destroy. You build and you destroy. No, it's build. And then you can consolidate, implement. But it's not working like that. He has offered you a contract, has he? Chairman. And this is our conversation, private conversation. Yeah. I'm sorry, I know, guys. I know, it's I like, can understand that. Yeah, I know. Uh, just wondering. We are discussing about everything. Yeah. We are so busy on what yeah. we have to do that now my contract is uh, secondary. Don't forget to visit lavaland.ie forward slash sportsbook where you'll find all the odds and weekly special bets for the SSE Erchelisty Premier Division. Last week, Lavaland gave out two winning price boosters. Dundalk minus one, never in doubt, and a Dundalk uh, Celtic double to qualify. 
This week, they're boosting a League of Ireland home treble of Bow St. Pat's Waterford. Boosted from 9-1 to to 11-1. to And dare I say it, with what's going on today, I think the odds are going to contract, actually, of that. So get involved, 11-1. to um, I have a look anyway. That's a lot of land at a forward slash sportsbook. The, the two of us were on off the ball the weekend. Obviously, we're discussing James' um, story that's, you know, and now, again, whether or not he's actually going to be off the job or not is, is, is actually a bit of a moot point because it's, it could be a bit of a solo run by the chairman and so forth. But by all accounts, he will be offered the job. Um, I think this is absolutely absurd. It's far too early to be doing all that. But I don't know. There was just some, there was a tetchiness there, Dan, that I didn't think was necessary in the sense that it was one game. They've got to be beating Finn Harps, really. They're not guaranteed European football next season. And uh, I, felt, I felt it was maybe he let his guard down a bit in terms of... Um, you know, the way he responded to some of those questions. I, I'm not sure about letting the guard down. I mean... It's, it's, or not letting the guard down, but he revealed another side of his character. Well, that yeah. No, it's, a, it's all sweetness and night since he got in. But, like, I don't think any, any there's, there's such a thing as a, a good manager who doesn't have, like, in a hedge, you know, that, that, that will have their scraps with the press getting out after a game. Like, yeah. I think he's done... I think, you know, if you, you trace it back to where he started. And, and like, I, I know we're not going to have the discussion again, but... Clearly, there was they were fortunate with 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 you know two out of the three draws that they got in the Europa League, um, you know, but they they still did a good job. They had to go and do it. I think you spoke well after the game on Thursday. You acknowledged they didn't play well, which is I think it's fair, you know, that they they really only played well for a, a good 15, 20 minute spell before half time, which showed. But I think, I think to be fair as well, nerves a lot of other factors. You have to understand. You have to understand that that was a big game and. How many cup finals in Aviva have we gone to which haven't been good because teams have had nerves? So we have to give a bit of that. But anyway, like it's generally been everything has been done right. And then I, I just think with the game on Sunday against Finn Harps, um, I don't know if we showed that game enough respect with the changes that were made. I think you, you know, with the five game, five day gap between the Harps game and the Pats game, yeah, you know, I would have thought there was an opportunity to start. Maybe with a stronger side, and then bring out the you know the the specials in the second half. You know, if if need if needs be, I think it it gave Harp a bit of rope and something to defend, and and they're they're a sturdy they defended it well. So I can understand why they miffed after the game, and we've probably made, we've had this discussion off air. I, I had no worries about them qualifying for Europe, but that was on the basis of beating Harp Park in two of the next three games. I'd have just made it a bit. You know, they've still got the game in hand. But, you know, they just made things a bit testy. But anyway, had this discussion off the ball the weekend. I would have had the view uh, that I understand why they would offer the job permanently. It's very hard not to when someone... They or he would offer him the job. Yeah, well, that's true. But it's very hard not to when they've qualified for the group stage. You need to plan for next season. So at some point, you need to know who's making the decisions. Yeah. But obviously, there's elements of that discussion there. I think it does back up my argument to you. For every game, this is in danger of becoming a point and becoming a pain like, mm. you know, I do take his point on that good win Filippo if they gave him the job you know, bad result hey Filippo are you worried about your class mm. and that becomes a bit of a cycle and becomes unsettling now it's not a reason for the job I'm just saying that that's how it becomes an annoyance but I even thought even within that there speaking about how he really doesn't have the authority as such to um, decide whether players come and go almost in hinting at a lot of stuff that people have been talking about, I guess, behind the scenes is that maybe need is some kind of director of football or, uh, you know, 
a person whose role is more to do with that recruitment area. And that maybe Filippo going forward, if he is retained, is just going to be a coach of the team who coaches what's given to him. And that the, the recruitment will be um, different. Now, Curtis, his point about like building straw and can't just, I, I understand that it needs a bit of stability. And I still think you know, it's going to be hard to have that stability with the current ownership structure, barring a sort of a personality transplant. Um, or, or you know, significant appointments to address it. But it just goes to show that while they have this money um, and they have the Europa League group stage and, and there's great security that comes with that, there's still a lot of cash out there. Um, and um, it, it's going to be uh, an interesting time for the club. And <clears throat> like the financials there are such, you know, I think there's a fear they're going to take this money and, and dominate because of it. But I will stress this point, and we're going to bit off the point here. Every time I've, I do a piece or write something about Dundalk's losses or uh, you know, why they need the money in the context of their losses, people who, who would be very well con- connected and, and contacted to what's going on in the club at the moment and would have an insight into the, the, the thinking of the owners that other people wouldn't. And they just keep saying again and again, these people aren't speaking about uh, losses and loss and the money and stuff like that. Be relaxed about it. And I still think there's going to be an experimental aspect to whatever they do going forward. Uh, and people's going to be a part of that, I think. Do you know how many wins they have in their last seven league games? It's, it's one. One, yeah. I think one win and two draws, maybe. But uh, I was just looking that up today because the Pats game is going to be fascinating. Fascinating for many reasons. Um, and just before we end on that, I, I'll give him a little bit of a, um, credit on this as well because bad decisions probably cost them off victory in that game. And he also put out a strong team. That team should be more than good enough. But, you can't, them, but they you can't, win. You can't, like, you can't throw a team to get... You can't make 10 changes from game to game. Mm. Like, even in, in peak rotation, I just don't think... I, just, I understand what is going to be a hangover in a sort of mental sense from the Thursday. I, I get that, but um, I just thought it was too much. They're missing Daryl Lee for a couple of games, the 21s. Um, but I, I just don't know. I, the Shells game, you could see a real game plan and something that was, you know, the, the positioning of the fullback, position that Duffy and Kolovich were taking up. And they had loads of time to work for that game and were trying something. It was a bit more together on Sunday for me, to be honest. You know, I think... Uh, I think it's a, probably they'll, they'll have learned something, learned something from it. Um, but, I mean, it does add intrigue to the run. As I said, I thought they'd be comfortable for Europe. I still probably believe they'll be fine, just purely because they still have games in hand and yet they're back with the teams around them. But, oh, it's, it's, um, not, it's not clear-cut, I guess. And I think the, you know, if they'd beaten Harps on Sunday, they would have been third with two games in hand, you know, which also gave them a bit of breeding room. Um, they have, they've just made it a bit complicated for now, but don't take away from from Harps either as well. Um, that what we see with Harps towards the end of, of seasons, and it's like the Ollie Horgan effect that as seasons draw to a close, uh, like you sort of forget that a lot of the teams are are in what their tenth or eleventh game since the break, and they're sort of this is normally when seasons to take shape a bit, you know, like when when you mm. on where you're at, and like Harps just had. A, you're watching the game same as me. I, I didn't really feel the like going to score, even when the, the players were Second on. half, yeah, second uh, half. And, and 
like that's something that's sturdiness. And so you have the situation there where you have harps in a sort of a relegation battle with with uh, with Cork, who today we hear that Darrell O'Connor has left the club. We hear that um we hear that there's I don't know, there's speculation around when other players being unhappy or whatever it might be that Neil Fenn has sought to press. Like they seem to be in other, you know, some discussion tweets from accounts you know, and, and all sorts of stuff that seems to be caught in with a general disharmony whereas Harps in fairness look solid 100% yeah so I, you, you, you'd know who you'd be sort of having to stay up now between those yeah I think, I think that's exactly the point I think a lot of people will, will be thinking that Harps have the know-how to get out of this position they, they major in getting to a playoff and surviving it and Ollie Horgan coming out after the game and basically saying Point against Dundalk is the same as a point against anyone. It's just a point. I thought it was just just brilliant. I just love the man. Does Stephen Folan love the man, though? And uh, what does Robbie Benson make of the visit of his old club on Friday? Let's get to the lads. Robbie Benson and Stephen Folan, how are you getting on, lads? Good, thanks. Yeah, great, thank you. What's the reaction to Gary Rogers single-handedly destroying the Gaelic Game Athletic Association fixture list for the, for the winter? What do you make of that, Robbie Benson? Uh, I think I'm out of the loop on this one. What's going on? He, uh, Dan, maybe you can furnish the lads with details. Rob, Robbie, Robbie stays clear of social media. Probably no bad thing, I think. No. Uh, no. So, well, he posted a picture of the social distancing between, contrast and social distancing between uh, the finals the <laughs> and the League of Ireland. He's basically started a culture war. Because <laughs> all of a sudden, it's been like, even though he's, the, he's steeped in GA, he's interpreted as an Hack on the GEA by typical soccer crowd trying to like uh, sure no one goes to those games anyway that's their response so uh, I don't know yeah, it, it became a bit of a thing for a while but, um, yeah I don't know I don't know if the lads have any firm opinion on it they didn't I don't know was Stephen, was Stephen even aware of that either yeah no I was aware of it I seen it the other day and I just thought it was a, the irony of some people commenting back like saying like there's no crowds at the football and stuff and the guys ahead of the soccer and then they had pictures of themselves or of other people in holding trophies, soccer trophies. I just thought it was ironic. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Robbie Vince really is an outlier. He doesn't actually know what's going on in social media. He's just living, living what is now, now a, 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 an abnormal life, Robbie. It's, it's, it's an admirable stance not to be on social media. That's just, uh, there's no real reason for it. I just won't be one to be Posting and posting things or about about myself, so I just I just keep myself to myself. And Would you say on. you're doing your talking on the pitch of late? Um, <laughs> I, that's not that's not for me to say either, really. Um, <laughs> no, our form has improved to be fair over the last uh, you know we two wins on the bounce now, which is good. But I think our performances over the last month, even the games that we we had drawn against Derry and and Sligo beforehand, were were much improved and along the lines of where we want to go. So we're we're reaping the rewards over the last two weeks, which is good. And we've another big game now on Friday against Dundalk and, and uh, a run in after that to try and get into Europe. Yeah, it's great having the two of you on because you were together, obviously, at Dundalk. Uh, Stephen then left for a stint down under and came back to, uh, in the form of Finn Harps. Stephen, you played them at the weekend. Um, most people wouldn't have expected you to get Anthony out of the game, but apart from a couple of sort of maybe one or two, particularly one penalty shouts, they didn't really create that much against you. And, and uh, as much as Ollie Horgan said afterwards, a point against Dundalk is the same as a point against anyone. It was still a great point to get. 
yeah, well, obviously, you know, you, you look at that team that they put out, it could be a mid-case argue that they would be a lot of teams in the league if they were a, a separate team. Like So there was a lot of experience on the pitch for Dundalk and a lot of fantastic footballers. And I think going into the game, like especially after them qualifying for Euro, we probably thought to ourselves, you know, that potentially like we could, you know, get something here. You know, I'm not saying that they weren't focused or anything like that, but to have that incredible high on the Thursday and then to come out and play us then at Sunday, like, you know, it's a big dip for them. So we kind of thought amongst ourselves that like if we were to get them at any time, like Joe, you know, potentially this was the right time to get them at. And, you know, like they, they had the Macmillan chance, I think, in the first half. Um, but other than that, there wasn't really much in the game. And I know they dominated large possession, large periods of possession. But, you know, like defensively, we were organised and, you know, Oli set us up to make sure that, you know, we weren't going to concede. And, you know, we're in the relegation battle at the minute, you know, goal difference could be massive. So mm. to go to play the, the teams like, say, your Dundalks and your Shamrock Rovers, like, you need to make sure that you keep it to the bare minimum and not get hockeyed because it could matter four games down the line or five games down the line. Did you think that they, did, were you surprised about that many changes? Because it was obviously, as Dan said, it was five days since the game. It wasn't. It wasn't. Um, no, it was or sorry, three days since the game. Sorry, five for the next game. Yeah, uh, a, a, a little bit. Um, you know, big um, squad as well, obviously. Massive squad, and you know, I suppose trying to keep everyone happy and keep everyone on side and to feel a part of it. I suppose I could understand the changes, but in the other side of it, then as well, I would think you know, maybe. Would other people show it a little bit more respect and put out a full compliment? I don't know. Like you know, it's that's not up to me to decide. But mm. you know, either way, like no matter who came out and played, like we just had to make sure that we were organised. So Stephen, like just I mean, tell us about your last year. I mean, or your, your twenty twenty because it's sort of taken you around the world in a time when travel and, and a lot of strange things are happening in the world. So I mean, <laughs> as briefly as you can without going. Oh, Japan, but like, oh, yeah, it's, it's just been such a strange year altogether, like, I suppose, for everybody. Um, I got married in December the 28th, and you know, my poor wife's now not going to get a honeymoon now for another while. So, um, oh, I literally left on the 3rd of January, I went to go down under, and she followed me down in February. But, um, yeah, it's just been a disaster, really. You know, I moved the other side of the world to you know, try and do something new and, you know, I kind of always had my, like, I kind of always broadened my horizon, like, in terms of, like, I'd always wanted to play abroad at, at some level, at somewhere, you know, because I think, like, the League of Ireland, you know, it's fantastic, I love it. When I went down there, I missed this, but I just wanted to try something new and then to get down there to do a pre-season and then to play four games and then the season to be, uh, first just like put on hold to then to go do another pre-season for it then to be cancelled you know it was a bit tough to take especially you know with the previous 18 months like I didn't really play any football so I was kind of like stuck in a situation where what do we do do we just stay here and then hopefully everything quietens down and then we go into say 2021 season down there but 
in my head I was like I cannot not play football for two years you know like it's it's a long period and especially not being injured I was like I couldn't be in that situation so I just the dire season is still going ahead um, let's just go home and see what happens and just try and get a team and play some games So you were down in South Melbourne right that yeah. club you joined um, when was the, the, the I don't know second lockdown there in around July or so a key point or was it prior to that you'd made the decision just when was that made to come back well I, I, had, I had said to my wife I was like look if if we go into another lockdown, I was like, I'm not staying there, not playing football for six, six months. The Irish season's still on. So I said, if we do, if there's any talk of it, I'm going to put the stuff in play to speak with the club. And to be fair, the club were fantastic with me. They knew my situation. They knew what had happened the last 18 months over not playing. So they were very, very accommodating to me. And, you know, they really looked after us when we were down there. So, yeah, so basically I just said to her, look, we're going home. And that was it. Foundation of a good relationship, anyway. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Um, and were you, yeah. were you, were you, sorry, were you signed full time there, or were you looking at other stuff? Yeah, um, no, I was signed full time down there, but I was working on the side as well. So um, I, I worked in a call center for about three, four weeks, and just wasn't for me. Like, uh, <laughs> really? didn't, en- yeah. didn't enjoy it at all. So when we went into the first lockdown, then. Um, see, my par- uh, my missus' parents actually came over to visit us for the the Grand Prix, and obviously travelled all the way over for the Grand Prix. It wasn't even to see us, I don't think. <laughs> you know, they were delighted to see the back of us. And then the lockdown happened, and everything started getting cancelled. So they were like, "Well, look, you're gonna have to do something else here, like because you can't be just sitting around the house for six to twelve weeks or whatever it might have been." Um, so I ended up working on the building sites uh, for um, a couple of months uh, doing brickies labouring and uh, to be honest it was really enjoyable something completely different it's hard to imagine Robbie Benson at that crack now yeah he's too clever see that's the thing well ironically who was the lad who was actually delayed on the on the podcast today by going to a college course only yourself no, not I Robbie know, Benson yeah. what, what are you uh, studying I'm studying as PT, gym, and um, advanced sports psychology and nutrition and fitness. Jeez. Based out of GTI with uh, uh, Johnny Glynn and... Fantastic. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot to pack in there. So, like, the, the personal trainer thing, uh, if I can get to you even on that, Robbie, as well, it's something that a lot of players seem to be getting into as, as, a, as the gym regimes have gotten different in the League of Ireland. You see, um, is Pico Lopez involved in that now? Um, few of them are... Yeah, part-time model as well. Um, <laughs> obviously, uh, Sean, uh, pa- uh, Sullivan as well, who you would have played yeah, with probably John. maybe earlier on. John yeah. Sullivan. Um, just something that, I don't know, it seems to be a nice side role for a lot of these players. Maybe something they'll do afterwards as well. Yeah, it's a natural thing, I guess, for players to get into in the sense that um, it's along the lines of training and what they're what they're passionate about. So um, it's not really a surprise, and especially with that industry kind of booming over the last ten or fifteen years, that it's not really a surprise to see see a lot of players going going that down that route. Just just on sorry, just on Stephen as well. He was. People wouldn't even remember that he played for Dundalk because he played that little. And he'd gone to, uh, and I mean that in, in, in without even joking, because I, I obviously am a Galway Knight fan. 
I, I watched a lot of you and Lee Grace playing together as centre-backs. Like, what a goal we've seen that Shane Keegan actually put together that season. Somehow got relegated, but went to Dundalk and just... And all the reports were like, geez, this lad's a proper player. He just couldn't get a game. And it's, it's, it's tough. It must be very tough. But what was he like to, to be involved with, obviously? Uh, um, yeah, uh, Stephen was brilliant for, for Dundalk and um, any time he did play, and especially off the pitch as well. He's a, he's a great character and he's a good friend to a lot of lads who, who were there and are still there. Um, I think probably just the season Stephen signed, we actually went into the start of the season with a bit of an injury crisis at centre-half, but Stephen was our only fit centre-half. So then Dan Cleary, we had to bring in Dan Cleary and then obviously another... Another good player there and more competition made it harder for Stephen to play. So, um, that uh, that went that went against him. Mm. You're, you're doing so well, like always, well, Stephen. And suppose your passing out from the back was would be something that had had earned you a lot of admirers, probably including Dundalk. Uh, yeah, like uh, I I think it goes back to just like the foundation that I would have got at Newcastle, like Joe, you know, that academy football. It's, type playing you know and like funny enough like when like the year that Keegan had that team together I remember going into pre-season being like Jesus like this is a good team like we've got like the individuals that we had in the team you know we're all very good players like and had all done well at other clubs and I was like Jesus I was thinking you know we could get like up in near Europe like so when the season ended the way it did like it, it was just so disheartening and it was devastating really because like relegations aren't nice, but especially like for your hometown team, like, you know, like when I grew up, like what I said, I wanted to play for Galway, you know, probably not because like Galway wasn't a, a, like a massive successful team, you know, like they'd won the, that trophy with Johnny Glynn and was it 91 or 91, yeah. 91. So it wasn't if it was like a big driving factor for me, it would have been like, Oh, get into the Ireland team underage and go to England and stuff. But when you come back and like when I came back um twenty thirteen obviously or twenty twenty thirteen, yeah, there, there was no go at the time. Like um they were just up back and running and I suppose for me it would have been an easier transition to come back from England and to start fresh with Goa. But I didn't get the chance to do that. And obviously I went away and played for Limerick, Sligo and Cork and then I got back to Galway and then when I got back to Galway I suppose that was when you know, I really found back that love and that passion and you know, that sense of like the meaning playing for your hometown team mm. you know it was really good for me and then we obviously got relegated and then when Stephen Kenny rang me like I, I genuinely thought it was a wind up like I was like how can you go from being relegated to going potentially playing for Dundalk like I just I couldn't understand it so when he rang like and I was told it was actually Stephen Kenny I was like Jesus <laughs> I was like he's, my week is gonna... like I get this all the time no it actually is me yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so obviously then I went into Dundalk and I'd done very very well in pre-season I think I scored four out of five or something like that and then I started well first three games and then I think we had Cork maybe on the fourth game and I think Stephen himself, you know, like he's a brilliant manager and that and I think I can, if I can remember correctly, he came to me and he was just says, look, Stephen, you haven't really played in big games, like proper big games, 
So he says, I'm going to go with X, Y, and Z. I says, look, completely understand that. And he obviously went with, I think it could have been, I think it could have been Sean Hoare maybe and Dan Cleary, I think, which is understandable. Like Sean Hoare played in a lot more bigger games and Dan Cleary at the time was probably in better form than me. So I understood it completely, but it was just his whole way of managing the situation. And when he came to speak to you, like, you know, he spoke to you with real respect and, you know, he, he said, look, you'll get another chance. And I did. And then it was probably my own doing then after that, because he'd give me the opportunity and the chance and probably maybe I probably mentally probably wasn't prepared as what I could have been. Do you know what I mean? Um, I probably hadn't been used to that level of probably pressure of like titles and like you have to be a nine, 10 out of 10 every week. Like, you know, that's the standard. And maybe I could be a bit harsh myself. I don't know, but probably made one or two mistakes in preseason probably had probably put a little bit of doubt in Steven's head, especially like towards the big games. Very, very honest. And then how did you, I mean, how did you find last year then? I mean, it was a different, a different, different animal. Yeah, it, it was probably the hardest year of my career for probably loads of different reasons. And I probably, I don't really want to get into it really because I don't think it's fair, but it was really hard, but the one thing what I'd say is like when I was there, whilst I was there, like I genuinely loved going into training every day. Like even I knew on on the Monday or Friday, I was never going to play. I wasn't going to play, but I just genuinely loved being around that group of lads. The standard of the football, the professionalism, everything about Dundalk. Like you know, after we'd played them, um, when I was at Limerick and the year they came second. And then they won the league. You're kind of aspiring, right? I'm not going to go to England. The next best thing is at Dundalk, like, you know, and they went mm. on the European run. So all these years, you're kind of building up to that moment. And then to get there and then for it not to really work out, it's, you know, it is it is a bit tough to take, you know, because, you know, you've been training for years since you've come home to get to this moment. And then it doesn't work out. But all I can say about my time at Dundalk is... I, genuinely loved every minute of it and however many times I got to play for Dundalk I, I genuinely loved this and just on that like how hard is it to be able to go in um, we, we, we've some noise in the background somewhere we, we'll try to get that sorted it could be you Dan is it? Uh, see is it me? Uh, Stephen, Stephen and Robbie have gone quiet so they're either lying or they're not owning up or something's going on uh, <laughs> How hard is it though to go into training? As you say, you know you're not playing. You're not going to be, not only are you not playing this week, you're not playing the following week and you might be a bit out in the cold and you can still go into training and be professional enough to, to even, to actually be professional enough just to actually enjoy it and kind of give your best because it can't be that easy. Yeah, like it's nice, but the the one thing in, in that whole situation, like I would never want someone to turn around and be like, he's this, he's that, he did Oh, he just gave up, he doesn't work hard. Like just the non-negotiables of being a professional footballer, I, I felt like there that was the least what I could do when I was there. Like it wouldn't matter if I was a 10 out of 10 every day in training or anything like that. I knew I wasn't gonna play. And Joe, you know, it was made quite clear to me, you know, at various points. But look, it, it's tough, but when you have teammates like Dundalk, like honestly, like they helped me through some tough times when I was there and 
you know, every now and again, they would come to me and just like, keep plug away, keep, you're doing it for yourself, you know, like when the season's over, you know, you'd be looking for a new club and you just got to make sure that you do all the right things here because, you know, like, especially in Ireland, like football is such a small, small game. Like everyone knows each other, like opinions and that like go a long way. So I just felt like I always had to carry myself with respect and just do everything properly. I suppose, uh, Robbie, that, that point's been made a lot. You're not there anymore, but they just seem a fantastic bunch of players. You were obviously one of those that he's referencing there, but um, good togetherness in that squad over that magical spell that you had there. Yeah, a great group of, of professionals, players and people as well. And um, just on Stephen when he was out of the team, like it's not often that uh, the person who... Isn't isn't playing as one of the most jovial people in the squad. Like Stephen came mm. in every day to train and would, you know, put a smile on everyone's face and always laughing and joking despite not being in the best place himself in terms of not playing. So it was actually like yeah, me through it. He was you know very important to me in the time that I missed last year. My broken leg, being in the gym all the time, he was always putting a smile on my face as down as I was. And even then, when I came back and I broke, I, I broke my rib and punctured my lung against the uh, carabag last year and uh, Stephen came to visit me in the hospital and as much as I wanted him not to make me laugh because the pain I was in so yeah no it was a great um, it was a great couple of years for the two of us there together and then myself as well beyond that but um, yeah two of us now are on to pastures new and, and uh, we'll be playing each other now in two weeks time as well yeah, the, so your your season last season, you've you've fairly given a synopsis of it there. That was it the first game of the season you got injured? Yeah, just after about four or five minutes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so obviously and then you mentioned the Carabag thing. So how much did the, the shit show of your season, how much did that affect your thinking in terms of I, I wouldn't mind just a, a fresh start here? Like if you had an amazing season with Dundalk last season, would that have made any difference or? Um probably not to be honest, in the mm. sense that um Probably one of the biggest reasons that that I left was that I um. You just love Stephen O'Donnell. <laughs> wouldn't go that far, but uh, uh, probably the biggest reason was that I just felt that I had achieved everything that I that I could possibly leave at Dundalk. Every trophy I I had um, played in Europe in the group stages and just um, for where I was in my life, I just wanted a new challenge and something different. Um, so obviously, with uh, with Stephen taking charge at uh, at St Pat's, it just felt like the the right time for me to move on and search something new with someone who, you know, I respect and I know how how they view the game and how it aligns with with what I how I would carry myself from playing football and you know the style and and the determination to succeed um, was aligned with me. So I just felt it was. Uh, it was a good opportunity and one I might not get again. Now, how would Vinny and Rory Higgins like react to that when you say, "Well, you know, I I just I fancy leaving"? Because I imagine from the outside looking in, it's like, "Well, why would you leave? Like, you've been such a good player for this. You've had great memories. Why would you go to join a team that might be at best in Europe next season?" Um, and or did they just understand that you know life is life? Yeah, well, obviously they were a, li- a little bit displeased at the uh, vote, mm. but it was no sign on any 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 person or anything wrong at Dundalk. It was just more where I was in my own life, and and just that I wanted something different. As I said, I you know I knew was say going into I knew was say if I stayed with Dundalk, the feelings that I'd feel during the year, 
you know, competing for the league. I, I knew what that was going to feel like and it wasn't something that was high on my list of priorities to do again. So, um, I, you know, I haven't regretted my decision for one minute. So um, I'm just happy with St. Pat's now. And as I said before, we've kind of turned the corner now, I think, not only with results, but I think in terms of our training and our, our overall performances. And we're, we're a young team in terms of our development, um, not in the sense of players or that, but just as a group. Mm. That we're on the kind of the beginning of a journey, journey together, and um, I think over the last month or six weeks, we've we've kind of turned the corner in terms of our preparation and our our um, our performances as a group and in training and in games. Robbie, like you, you've always signed one-year contracts throughout your career. I think when you've spoken about it, you've said it's just the nature of the League of Ireland. You always like to have your your options open at the end of the season. I think people will know you're quite sort of academically qualified as well and with all the pandemic and, and everything that's happened you know the, the the sort of question mark that is placed over every industry like as a major review your relationship with football in any way does, does it change your stance towards football in any way in terms of where we are going forward no, I think it, it kind of it was obviously a while before the league um, resumed when the when the pandemic was was at its height and you kind of weigh up where you are and probably the thing that occurred to me most was that uh, I still want to play football as long as I can um, you know it's a great it's a great job to have and if um, I know if I go and I and I retire we're saying let's say if I were to finish up at the end of the season I know in six months time I'd say to myself oh, I still had another couple of years there playing at a good level so once I feel like I can you know, I can achieve things and uh, and play at a good level and, and be happy as well. You know, I'll, I'll keep playing football, that's for sure. So did you miss it more than you thought you might then? Like, or did, did, during the gap, if you get me, like, was it just... No, I think it's just the, the sense that it was taken away so easily, you know, and maybe you'd, you'd take it for granted a little bit where, you, you know, these kind of things. And um, it's... I wouldn't say that I, I definitely took it for granted. I'm very... In terms of you know, I think gratefulness is something that I have for for the game and and all the good things in my life. So I wouldn't say I take it for granted. But when something's taken away from you so easily like that, um, you kind of you know it's only natural to value it to value it more. Yeah, Stephen, do, do, do you get what he's saying there as well? Because you have such a short time, and it, obviously people say life goes by fast. But I imagine a footballer's career goes by fast, and you obviously haven't missed that much time. You must be. You must be buzzing just to be to be back playing Premier Division and to be playing obviously with a good team as well that are really you know putting up a good fight this season and playing under Ali Horgan basically. Yeah, like it's it's definitely been different and um, I suppose um, when you look at the Finn Harps team, like on paper, it's probably the best Finn Harps team has had in the last couple of years. And you know, I think in in some games of of late, you know, like. You've been caught in the hop and underperformed in the first half, and then come out in the second half and you know play really, really well. And it's just trying to find that little bit of consistency so that when we go out on the pitch, that we get the first goal and we're not reacting. Mm. Do you know what I mean? We're, we're proactive and we're on the front foot. So um, I think that was was drilled into us, especially going into the Dundalk game. It was like. Don't come here and get hockeyed. Like, don't go go for it. Like, no one's expecting 
anthem from us. So there's no pressure. So I think lads probably expressed themselves a little bit more than what they might have been doing. But look, we we got a tough run in now, but there's no better men than Ollie and Hegsy to get out of a relegation dogfight. What are they like working for? Like where how would they compare with the managers you've worked under? Fantastic. Like just all about like just the basics of just honesty, fair, hard working, organized, but give you the confidence, you know. Um like Ollie Horgan like was up in Belfast and he drove all the way down to Galway to to sign me and I was like, geez, like I really want to play for this man. Like he's given up a five hour journey just to sign me, like you know, it made me feel important and special and that was the main reason why I signed from and you know, like I never met I never knew Ali before this or I just met him in passing at different games or what have you and you know, from the outside looking in, you know, you think he's just gonna be this big shouter, but he's not like there's a method to everything he's doing and you know, he's a very, very clever man and I think I think he's a very, very good manager and I think he's a very good coach as well. Yeah, well Dan Dan, you're smiling in the background there, but I think I think we both agree that Finn Harps are in a position where you'd you'd back them more to get through a bit of a relegation scrap than Cork City. Like since since I was talking to you actually earlier, I just saw that there was some bad stuff going on in the on the in the old tweet machine in terms of comments on Cork City and all that. So um you just trust Harps to kind of battle away through it maybe more than this youngish Cork team. I uh, like yeah, well it does appear it's good. It's I don't know, it's 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 tempting fate to be too confident with a Finn Harris player on the line to be fair. I think you know it's yeah. it's, it's a, these are things that backfire. I'm actually just curious, um, maybe Robbie, like did the way the league's gone with the 18 game season, um, I think it's fair to say Rovers are going to be champions. I don't, I don't think we're, we're seeing any other conclusion at this stage. Like, how good is this Rovers side compared to say top sides in the league in recent seasons? Yeah, they're right up there. Look, they haven't. Uh... They haven't got to where where they are without being a good team. They are they unbeaten still, yeah. They are. Yeah. Yeah. So look, in any a shortened season or 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 not, and in any in any league in the world, if you go if you go unbeaten, you're you're a right good side. So um yeah, they're you know, they cause problems. They caused us they're probably the team this year that caused us the most problems when we played them in Richmond, we did well to get into and out of the game. So uh yeah, they're a right good side. Just, just on your own, sort of, um, did the, the, the fact that maybe forces have picked up. I mean, you had that weird goal famine for a couple of games. Um, Six, I think. What, like, <laughs> what was the relief like when Forrester sticked in from from twenty five yards? It's, no matter as you say all the right things about it, that's the type of one without goals that could easily just frustrate a group. You know, frustrate a group and really annoy them. So it must have been a relief when that goal. Was Ah, yeah, and uh, it probably was going to take something like that for it to for it to happen. Um, as a, as going back to the the two games before that, where we we didn't score, we actually played very very well. So we were taking all the positives out. Yeah, you know, we knew it was it was we were confident, and we we backed each other that it was going to come. But obviously, there was a sense of relief when when Chris is when Chris um, smacked it home and. Um, you know he's 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 capable of doing that. So um, he's a very special talent, and we're, we're we're glad and lucky to have him. If if I could just go back to that the the three nil game in Watford, which must obviously be the low point of the season. What's the dressing room like after that game? Because I'm sure, like I've heard, you know, you, the players are really buying into what Stephen O'Donnell is doing. Pats have been playing pretty well for much of the season, but at that point, you've lost three nil in Watford, a team that you'd be expected to finish ahead of. And how does a young manager kind of? 
talk to you after the game and say, well, listen, you know, we can improve, but like, let's not let's not get too downbeat, I suppose. Yeah, that was it. Um, even in that game, we actually played. <laughs> I know I keep saying it, but we actually did play well, and we probably should have been one or two up before. You know, we we gave away two really really sloppy goals in our part. So, um, you know, we took the positives out of the game and. Um, sometimes in football you win games where you play terribly and sometimes you, you play well and you don't win so you have to kind of be objective and obviously you want to try and win every game but you have to be objective and on that night we probably did more good things than we did bad things so yeah. uh, even though it was a low point it was, we were in the dressing for a while after um, you know talking through things but um, it was all very positive and I think maybe on the other hand if we had gone negative on ourselves after that game we could have went on side but after that, we bounced back very well, and uh, and have been we're unbeaten now in the last four. What sort of lads are they? That you know, a lot of whom you wouldn't have known. I suppose are you a good squad. Ah, great, great, uh, great fellas. I think um, you know, there's a lot of young players there who are who are developing and learning, and then, then you have um, you know the likes of Burnwell, Brendan Clark, and, and Chris Forrester who've been around the league a long time. Who you know who are very important players for us in terms of their experience. So. Uh, it's a really good mix, and I think we're only going to get better as uh, as time goes on, the season goes on, and into next year as well. Well, the, this this sets up lovely for this game on Friday because the Dock have come in with um, they've won one in their last seven in the league. That is an actual stat. You've come in. You and Chris Forrester would be recognised as two of the best midfielders on your day in the league, and that's not to mention Jamie Lennon. Midfield is going to be interesting, but you must be going into this game. Not afraid, anyway, and obviously cognizant of the fact that a win is massive if you're going to fight for Europe. Yeah, um, we had a good game against them up in Oriel. We were disappointed to, to only get a draw uh, on on the night, and um, you know we'll be we'll be going into the game on Friday uh, to win the game. Uh, obviously, underestimate Dundalk at your peril, but uh, we we'll go four points clear of them. Albeit they'll have two games in hand, so. If we do our business, to, if we win every game at the end of the season, the pressure will be on Dundalk to win all theirs to finish ahead of us. So that's where we, that's where we want to be. Do you have any strikers there? Sorry, Robbie. I know Georgie Kelly can't play, but are you going to be up front or have you any strikers at all available on Friday? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll come up with something. <laughs> so he's not going to ever... Steve O'Donnell will probably find him if he, uh, if he starts talking about that type of stuff. You know what he's like, Johnny. Yeah. Uh, just before we, like, we finish up with you... Sort of, we can't really not mention it this week because obviously Slovakia game is on, and it's such a big international week as well. I mean, uh, Stephen, your game is off for some various various call ups. Um, like the fact that you know the current manager so well, you've worked with him. Make you even more involved when the team gets on. I'm sure your friends or people are sort of maybe even more interested in in your views on him now. Ireland manager, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I think from I can only speak for myself. Um, especially since he's been appointed, appointed. Sorry, um, I'm definitely uh, taking in a lot more, and I'm a lot more interested than probably what I was previous. Just because, just the type of football we played, and just it wasn't something that I liked watching, anyways. But I just know with Stephen and the type of football he wants to play and. He wants to extend a belief across to the players that they can play this way, and you know I think it's very refreshing for to see that now, especially John. You know, I'm 28 now, and I can't say in any internationals that I've watched we've seen anything different. You know, we've just seen long ball and 
you know, get up the pitch and play off seconds and relied on, say, the likes of your Robbie Keane and all that. But I think with Stephen involved and especially like, like Higgins as well, like, you know, watching the news yesterday and just seeing the two of them on the telly, like, mad, isn't it? laughing to yourself, you know, because mm. just great to see, you know, like, he's worked really, really hard to get to where he is and he 100% deserves it on, mer- on, his mer- on the merits and everything he's achieved. And I definitely think he's the right man for the job. And especially when you come out and you hear um, O'Dowda saying what he was saying about he's never been involved in a mm. camp like this, the attention to the detail and, well, Dowda no. definitely wants to start in Thursday, anyway. Oh, definitely. <laughs> but no, it's, it's it's great to see. And as I said, it's great for the league, for young managers and that who have aspirations to go on and do well in their career. That, you know, there's definitely a pathway that you can be the Ireland manager if you do well and you're successful in Ireland. Yeah, I mean, Robbie, uh, the same to you. I mean, although I assume you've forgiven him for not bringing you in or what was going on that he brings in Lee Dan. And then a couple of others, but do you not fit the bill for the position he needed for yeah, the 11 or something? It was, uh, it was position, position specific, so uh, <laughs> yeah, that, was, that, was, that was that one. But uh, obviously, as an Irishman, we all, we, everyone wants the national team to do well, but I think for the players who played under Stephen now, there's an even more of a want for the team to succeed so that not only that the country said, but that Stephen himself is successful in the job. And, you know, I, I don't think there's any player who's played under him that would want him to, to fail in any way. They'd only want for him to, to be successful and, and have a good stint as the Irish manager. It's, it's interesting you, you brought up um, those players being brought in. I saw Luke McNally was invited in to train with the 21s as well. How's, how's he been getting on at the Pats? Uh, I know he came back from Drogheda, like earning rave reviews in the first division. Seems to be uh, really grown into a proper player. Oh yeah, he's a fantastic talent. Um, um, he's a, he's as big as strong as any uh, as any centre half I, I I've come up against and and quick too. So he's got all the attributes. He's still learning himself. He'll be the first to admit he, he he's not finished yet by any means, but he's been a brilliant uh, player for us this year and very important. And and at his age as well, uh, it says a lot about him. And and uh, I'm sure he's going to have a, have a great career. Lads, listen, I'm going to say it's been great to have you both on today. We appreciate your time. Um, and hopefully Ireland did a business and hopefully when you, you're you still friends after your game in a couple of weeks' time anyway. And, uh, I'll kick him a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ollie versus yeah. Stephen O'Donnell, two of the Galway greats. Yeah, listen, yeah. We, look forward to, we look forward to seeing how that goes and we'll, we'll chat to you again, lads. Thanks, Thanks lads. Thanks a million, guys. Thanks, All right. All the best. Earlier on, we gave out Lado Land's League of Ireland price booster. Don't forget you can get great prices and a price booster in the Premier League and European qualifier markets also. And this week, uh, Lado Land will be boosting Ireland from 9 to 5 to 9 to 4 to win in 90 minutes versus Slovakia in the European 2020 playoff semi final. You know it makes sense. Visit lalaland.ie forward slash sportsbook. Thanks to the lads, two uh, ex Dundalk players. Uh, interesting time for both of them, actually, in terms of the season that they're having. And um, yeah, Robbie Benson not on Twitter. Like, it's almost like, oh, why aren't you on Twitter? What? All the people to ask, Johnny. All no, the people to ask. He's just too cultured and intellectual. Well, I did make the point the other day. You know, the best thing about social media, particularly in journalism, is get real flavour of what other people are thinking. The worst thing about yeah, social media yeah, yeah. is getting yeah. a flavour of what other people are thinking. You don't, you don't need to know that some opinions exist out there, but hey, you know, maybe people say that about some of our uh, opinions. What we do know about social media is that it's all happening there today. With, well, uh, we've, this is madness on the Cork City fronts. Hmm. Because when you think about it, we're talking about 
Robbie Benson and Stephen Follin there. I mean, Stephen Follin's talking about that game in Cork where he, he didn't play early in the season. And yeah. it, it's only within recent memory that those Cork Dundalk games, we're talking about events at the start of the show, those Cork Dundalk games were all events, you know, that they're going to play next week and it's going to be a complete, now obviously, you know, the, the year it's in it, but you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's just another game now, whereas we've had a three, four year spell where every Cork Dundalk game, I know in my workplace and stuff, it'd be almost like, when's the next Cork Dundalk game? Yeah. Sometimes you have to have a big argument about, you know, your debate about going to Cork and traveling and all this type of thing. And Cork and Dock games were, you know, always, always a story. Yeah. Um, but now we have this situation where Darrow O'Connor, who, of course, met his Cork debut in a President's Cup game against Dundalk, um, was described as the uh, Irish Messi by our good friend Patrick Dolan. Um, yeah. Who also described Stephen O'Donnell as a future Ireland manager. So he's described, you know, he's fully, described fully described you as a future Ireland manager at some mm. point. But uh, now we have a situation where in the, in the midst of a relegation battle, Darrell Connor was substituted at the weekend. Now, I, I saw that there was a reference to... He was substituted actually during the first half. There was a double substitution when they were losing to Pats. And they were very poor in that first half. Mm-hmm. But I think there was some reference to Darrell Connor shaking his head as he walked off. So today we have... Unfortunately, my time at Cork City FC has come to an end. And what's been a very strange year for everyone, I'm disappointed to leave such a great club, especially with such important games coming up. I've known that the lads will give everything they've got for the remainder of the season, as we all know how much is at stake. I would like to thank everyone involved in the club for all their help and guidance over the last 18 months, as well as the supporters who have been phenomenal with me from day one. Hopefully, I'll see you all again another time with a Dara, with a two love hearts, one green and one red. Symbolize ah, I like that. Symbolise the colours of Cork City, I assume, and not just, mm. you know, a propensity for emojis. But mm. it, it does suggest that he didn't want to leave um, well, or certainly isn't happy about the circumstances of leaving. And what we have earlier on, unfortunately, someone who was manning the DeForest official account made a reference to a club being a, a sinking ship. It was obviously off the wrong account. And, it's, you know, it's just bad luck. I hope happened. it was anyway. Someone, I know it's clearly something like that. I mean, it just happens, mm. but it's just it's just fueled like the 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 sort of you know fuel the sort of uh, what's the word you know the sort of the, the crisis mode around the club. Like it's not normal for players to leave at this point. The deadline is closed. There's nowhere they can go, um, you know, unless they they've secured a move before it closes a window in another country, um, and. It just all suggests that things have are, are gone asunder there. Um, you know, did I'm you sure watch we, the Pats game? I I I saw that that disastrous spell early on. I know they had a bit mm. of a comeback. Um, clearly, the manager is, is looking for something, looking for a reaction. If you make two changes during the first half of the game, and mm. it's always humbling for the player that's taken off. It's, it's very difficult. But yeah. you know, here's a Neil Fenn at the press conference today, speaking on Tuesday. Um, said that he wasn't going to figure for the rest of the season. That was the the bones of a discussion. So you have someone who's probably regarded as one of your more important players being told mm-hmm. he's not to play for the rest of the season. I mean, it's clearly a fallout, no matter what way, no matter what spin you put on it. So um, it's just not what you need right now. Um, well, it's funny, yeah. Uh, if you go it's back to the club, club the, Johnny, it's such a huge, such a huge club. club, yeah. It goes to show how things can kind of fall very quickly from the heights of, you know, winning league titles, winning cups, going to Legia Warsaw and so on. The next thing you're probably going to get relegated the way it's looking. And if you go back to that Finn Harps game, they're 1-0 up 
and that could have been a real season changer. Didn't win that game. And to compare the Harps performance against Dundalk on Sunday to the Cork performance against Pats the day before, no comparison whatsoever. Yeah, like, I mean, I know that their plans for the season were obviously thrown up in the air, like mm. everyone's, by what happened. And, and I mean, I suppose at the start of the season, there was, I mean, it's a different, it's a different, it's like a parallel universe now, but you had that hammering by Rovers, which I wasn't at. Then I was at the game against Dundalk a couple of days later, which I said on the show at the time, it's one of the most one-sided games I've ever seen in my life. Mm. But the whole, the whole basis for it at that stage was, well, you know, they could all, not that they could write off a series of the games, but it was a sense of have these younger players, give them a series to bet in. Now, of course, then the focus changed and you have this sprint to try and stay up and they have to try and bring in experienced players. But whatever way they've tried to do it, um, the, the, the balance doesn't seem to have been got right. And we had Alan Bennett on a couple of weeks ago when Benanga had scored and um, clearly just a bit of a false dawn when they beat Sligo. I mean, it's bizarre actually. I think Sligo Rovers now, and I saw Sligo Rovers at the weekend and they lost heavily to Shamrock Rovers, but actually they had their moments in the game where they were decent. I think, you know, if they do miss out on Europe and the European race is going to go to the wire, let's just say that they do. Um, they might look back on that Cork result as a bit of an outlier in the sense of what, what actually happened there because Cork don't look like they're a team that's going to take a huge amount of points off anyone else um, right now at this moment. It is sort of amazing actually we've got this far into the show without really talking about Rovers again. I wanted Canada to, Rovers. yeah. Wanted they're winning the league the so on. easily. They're winning the league yeah. so easily that it's almost, they're not necessarily getting that discussion week to week of how are they handling the pressure and, yeah. uh, you know, because it's, it's, it's been so comfortable. I thought, I thought a couple of things from the game. The, the, the Graham Burke goal and the, the move for the, for the third goal Rovers got involving Frugia and Burke and, and obviously Jack Byrne. And Jack Byrne's pass. Um, anyone who's watching and just happens to kind of stumble upon a League of Ireland match, they just think, geez, that was proper, proper play. And it's great to see goals as good as that. And it's the second time Rovers have done that in recent weeks. Because I thought Watford... And actually, the manager said this afterwards. I thought Watford played well against Rovers for much of the game, got absolutely hockeyed. Sligo did not play that badly at times, got absolutely hockeyed. And one thing I took away from the game, um, which may be looking a bit to next season, Reese Marshall, who came on uh, in the second half and set up the, the Watts goal, he looks like a lad that's going to explode onto the scene, I think maybe next season or whatever, um, and give a lot of competition to Ronan Finn. He just looks a really quick player. Did very well, I thought, when he came on. And then the ignominy of the Sligo result, as the game was over, he kicked the ball aimlessly into the middle of the pitch and I think hit one of the Sligo Rovers players in the back of the head just as the final whistle was going, if you watch it back. But uh, Rovers are just, just been so much of a fake complete for so long now. I'm excited about what will happen in the battle for third and fourth and maybe the battle for the playoffs. I think. Yeah, let me, I think you, Harps are. De- what? Johnny, let me speak about Rovers. You just went on an absolute. You yeah, well, all, this, so, all these sorry, points you, I was going to yeah, come sorry. in. And then you, you were. Like, you were and but you did, say, you, did say, you did say. You did say, yeah. Sorry, let me just clarify this. You did say. Haven't we haven't had an issue with their social media over the weekend. And by the way, I went for some steak the other day. It was lovely. Did I bring it to a nightclub as well? Reese Marshall. Reese Marshall. On Shamrock Crowers, yeah. It's just been, as you say, it's. Just the reason we haven't talked about it is it's kind of a fake complete, and maybe yeah, the, the reason we don't talk about them because every time we start a sentence about them, we start talking about other things that are more interesting, yeah, because there's like other, the battle for yeah, like Finn have, Harps possibly catching Shelburne for second last, exactly. 
Okay, but Reese Marshall, I did actually ask Stephen Bradley about Marshall the other day because he's almost like a bit of a forgotten man. I didn't realize he actually was that quick. I have to say, I didn't, yeah. I didn't know, I didn't really know his attributes other than the very, the the the, the, the sort of the, the 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 rudimentary explanation of 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 him and 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 reviews of him. But just hadn't really seen a huge amount of him. Um, like he's come on with this five subs thing. He's been able to come on towards a lot of games. And it's almost been junk time a lot of times, but this was just one game where he actually got to make a real impact. And and uh, I mean, it's not that Ronan Finn looks like he's suffering any effects of age, but he certainly seemed to. This is exactly what you want when you're a team that's at the top. Like think of Robbie Benson, who was there previously, uh, you know, who, who was there with us before. Sorry, on the, on the show, but like his best, like his that that magic year in the dog 2016. They only signed Benson and McElhenney that year. Like everything was it was right, and they were just and and Benson and McElhenney actually they got like they 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 sort of grew into it. You know, you you almost have this bedding in period that you get up to the pace of this club and this level, and it's the second season sometimes that or the third season, you know, where where they really take flight. So that is that is one thing that is that is striking. But I think anecdotally, uh, it took him a while to get used to the intensity of training as well. I think that it was a bit of a. But even if you're thinking of next season, imagine Scales, Ferruja, and Marshall. As three of your your, your back five in the I think Frugia has to Frugia is not exactly tied down yet, so I think they have mm. to they might have to sort that one out. But there's no doubt scales. I think one of the I certainly you know there was a view at the start of the season like physically could he sort of step up that he you know he certainly he's away with the twenty ones as is Frugia. I see even Brandon Cavanagh and Dean Williams were in training with them. But uh, scales even now at the weekend, I believe. yeah, but scales scales definitely is sort of looks to have maybe strengthened a bit. I think there was a question mark. Could he be too? Would he? Would he have the presence necessarily to to be a real, you know, league winning sort of a, a strong commanding centre half? But certainly he seems to be growing up. I think a lot across the year, and I, and I think there's always a thing like the players go from UCD where you just don't have that pressure that you you have at Rovers, and you have to you have to you have to deal with that. So um, no, I mean that is that is certainly. Um, like it's not that we're overlooking rovers it's just that at sometimes it's just like you're repeating the points they are good they're miles clear danny grant is the one a bit surprising that he's been um left out of the 21 squad but his hat trick against shell what, what's active. going on there yeah five five goals for the season now yeah well no, I mean, it's a good squad um i think he's mm. basically if you look at the, the four options i mean Giselle Bazzetti, uh, you look at the if you're looking at it, that it's wide forward options. It's probably Elbazetti and Ferruja are ahead of him. But who are the other four players in the squad? Obafemi, obviously more central. I think Joshua Kaode, Kaode, and uh, there's a fifth player as well. In this case, it might be Afalabi, is it? But like it's it's a certainly a, a mm. strong area. But uh, he's entitled to feel a bit miffed, I think. And then of course, what we have is a situation now where the, the boy Twardek. Yeah, well, this has been it's gone. been a rem- remarkable few weeks for him. I mean. There was talk of the Sligo game potentially being called off after the death of his cat, which must have been a big blow because he was very close to that cat. There were stories of him in Sligo walking the cat on a leash around the town. Imagine he, was very, he was very close to the cat. He yes. was close to the cat. So in any event, he played against Sligo. They got the job done. and Played against Shells, got the job done. And next thing, he's off to Poland. Yeah, to uh, Jagalonia Bialystok, which is a club that... Killian Sheridan, as I mean, it's probably wrong, mm. but uh, Killian Sheridan has played for the club, and uh, but he's played for a lot of clubs. But that's 
That's where he's gone. We need Killian him in the League of Ireland, don't we? He's a, he is an absolute cult hero. Killian Sheridan, yeah. No, yeah. But Tordek, I mean, I think both did okay to get a few quid considering mm. he was off at the end of the season. And, and it gives Promise Omicheri the chance to step up now. The chance. Have you ever been close to a, close to a, a pet? Um, actually, the one, the dog we have at the moment. Yeah. Oh, you have a dog at the moment, yeah. What's the, <laughs> what's the, do, what's the dog's I never, name? I never, I never thought I would, but uh, yeah, it's funny when, um, when you just have a dog that, Basically, if you live in an apartment, the dog is there all the time. Starts taking over the place. And the dog, dog called Mabel. Mabel. Mm. Oh. What's that? Yeah, there you are. Maybe he's born with it. Maybe he's Mabelian. <laughs> Actually, you did say that one there. <laughs> yeah, but I again, it did make me kind of like I don't want to make a joke of it, but his cat did die. I mean, I was talking to Stephen Doyle before the game, and he was like, he thought all the Bows players if they scored a goal, they'd. To tear off their shirt and be like Chris 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 cat. So he's telling me this before the before the Milan. He, like uh, he, like he, like you know some people do the they they did a baby celebration. <laughs> like someone like a, someone a brings a or... someone brings a saucer to the edge of the pitch. Or <laughs> but I think you could you could imagine you could imagine Keith Ward being at the butt of it. Like if Rovers scored, if Sly, if Bo scored against uh, Sligo. So it was before the Milan game. I was sitting beside Steve, Steve Doyle at the game, and he was saying this to me and. It just set me up perfectly for the game. But his cat died, and I didn't mean to... I mean, a lot of people get really upset when they're... Yeah, like, I mean, you've, you've, upset, you've, you've upset a lot of people now with, with this. With this yeah, uh, maybe, maybe if it were a dog. I'm not, I'm not sure with a cat, though. I mean, uh, so, cats I mean, are devious. I've, I've never heard someone get that Sadistic. attracted to a, a cat before. Not attracted he wasn't attracted, no. <laughs> no, no, he loved the cat. <laughs> he loved the cat. <laughs> Was he attracted to the cat? Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my well, he's, God. He's gone, listen, he's gone from the league now, so we're not going to have to deal with, <laughs> with the issue. He was, he was clearly very affectionate <laughs> towards the cat. Again. <laughs> anyway, the, result, <laughs> the results from the weekend. Um, big win for Bowes at Shells. What a night Georgie Poynton had, Dan. Uh, like, he misses a penalty, gives away the ball for one of the goals, then he scores. He's had a great season any games I've seen anyway. But but the Shells are entering into the slightly dangerous territory now. And, you know, Ian Morris after the game bemoaning the, the goals they've been giving away. Cork 1, Pats 2, Rovers 4, Sligo 0, Derry 2, Waterford 0. Kudos to Connor Clifford's uh, two very second well. Second penalty. You see the second oh, point where he didn't like the second one. The he ball didn't. was in his direction. Yeah. He didn't. I, I, I think he's uh, Connor's had a, a sort of a mixed enough season, but great <laughs> lad. We've had him on the show, um, and no doubt uh, he'll kick on from here. The first division was where it was at, though. Five away wins, and Galway United 2 0 down, win 6 2 in Longford, which was almost as basket case of a result as the Athlone uh, Drogheda game. I don't actually have the results in front of me here, but Athlone beat Drogheda. Um, and well, yeah, it was Cove Ramblers one. It was Cabinetti with a late goal as well. Cove, yeah. There. Um, and then we had the uh, this is this is shambolic stuff here from us. Um, yeah, Bray beat uh, UCD. Bray beat UCD, and that would have left. Uh, <laughs> this is this is. I mean, first Shamrock Rovers two. Listen, yeah. let, let, Shamrock Rovers two nil two nil winners away to Wexford Utes yeah Athlone two nil away to Drada and then yeah as you're right Bray three UCD one the funny um, thing about the first game is though like you've you a lot of these 
getting into League of Ireland, you'd, you'd apply for there'd be a team applying for re-election, and there'd be one or two teams, probably Longford Town and someone else, would be absolutely rubbish at the bottom. And that's kind of been the case for much of the first division. You know, fans lose interest, blah blah blah. But the likes of Wexford and Athlone, like Athlone, have actually gotten some really good results. Wexford battered Cavendish recently, and there are some. There's a lot of depth to the first division. It's been a brilliant, brilliant campaign. It's still up for grabs at the top after very much up for grabs. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, and then yeah. we have this Galway draw the game off. the Galway draw the game off, but um, which sort of affects the, 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 I suppose, like you know, Bray have a great opportunity to get points on the board, um, but obviously you know there's there's a there's a psychological aspect uh, to that. There are. I, I am I am fascinated by Pats and Dundalk. I think again it's a game where you'd love if there were a crowd. Uh, Dundalk bring big crowds in Shikor. Pats fans would be buzzing for a game like this because they are. I mean, I'm sure they were harboring some doubts about a month ago, three weeks ago, but they've they've conceded one goal in four games now. And in fairness, they are playing quite well. And yeah, like if, if it was a 36 a game. if it was a 36 game season, like Pats, you'd think they're just finding their stride. But obviously, it's become way more pressurized for everyone. Like even for shells, mm. it's become pressurized now. The shells mm. are in danger of getting shells go to Waterford at the weekend, and we really need to get a result. I think because. Yeah. They're in danger of, of getting reeled in. Like it's just, and it's just like I I I think they should be okay, but it's not. You know, this is gonna the music's gonna stop here at eighteen games. You know, and and it's it's people say the league table never lies, but I've made this point before. It, it could this year. You know, you just be caught at the wrong run at the wrong time. Um, but yeah, the Dundalk one's interesting that they 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 have three games. You know, every they have a game every three days after this, pretty much. I mean, they go to Cork on Tuesday. Ironically, like if them not draw and Pats, they sh- you'd think they win in Cork, and at least it gives them a bit of control um, going into their of their destiny going into the last four games. But um, yeah, that Cork and Dock game now is it's it's surreal. It's actually just it's actually surreal that we're we're coming back. But no, Pats is an interesting one. I think actually Waterford as well. I mean Waterford at home to Shells, like Waterford with Fran Rocket in there, they still haven't had a chance to even to get Darren Murphy on the pitch. Um, yeah, yes, like they're very much like like. Like what we do have in the coming weeks, at least, is a situation where, ironically enough, with the exception of the, the Premier title race, it feels like everything is up for grabs in some shape or form. So every game, every weekend has something on it. Um, and that should at least provide us, um, yeah, provide us with plenty of entertainment for the running. We've got the Ireland games this week as well. We have the 21s with their huge match as well in Italy next Tuesday. So by the time for our next show, we'll, we'll, we'll know a lot of stuff you know, about where where things are going various and there's obviously a, a big LOI contingent in that squad too but there I we go the senior team will win tough one to call isn't it it is it is really tough like I mean it's we've seen with the which, you know we have great practice for this with the Champions League and the Europa League games these one-legged playoff mm. ties they've got a penalties on the night um, extra penalties on the night I mean honestly you wouldn't be surprised if this goes for distance really would you um, no, not not at all. I think a bit it's... of confidence, but I mean, I think sometimes your heart can naturally rule your head to some degree. Like uh, we don't really know enough about Slovakia's recent form to say with certainty. I know they're brilliant; they're definitely going to do a job on us. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can say that. I think it's about um, they're not an inter. It's not insurmountable to beat them. So it's just a matter of how much Ireland have really improved and learned from from last month. And was it really fitness that was the issue? Like was that really? what held them back and that the message is hitting home. Stephen Foden referred to um, Callum O'Dowda earlier. The point was Callum O'Dowda just said the attention to detail, the mad management. Yeah. People didn't see it. The attention to detail was like something he'd never dealt with before. Um, 
Now he's he's been a, he's he's never played Premier League. Um, he's one of the few players in the Ireland squad who hasn't. But he he's certainly been struck by it. But I mean, it's knockout football. Like I think that you can have a brilliant game plan and a very well structured setup. But we've seen with these games, like all these games, Rovers, you know, Rovers, Ilves, the Dog, Sheriff. Like there's an early goal, and all of a sudden, then the the the, the pattern of the game is disturbed. You know, the the Bowes game and Fairvar. Like, you know, if you're level at 60 minutes, I think the psychology just starts to lean 100%. towards, starts to lean towards don't lose this, no matter how uh, progressive and positive you are. Um, so uh, they really need to start well, I think, if they're going to win it in 90. I, I don't think you can start sluggishly in, in this game. And that's, that's, uh, that's going to be a key. I know you said that about every big game, but I just feel, you know, the, 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 the way he wants the team to play, like they they're better suited perhaps to like hitting teams in the break, um and, and if they're getting to a situation where Slovakia are one up and are defending a lead, I think they might find a heart. I think they might find a heart. So yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. We we'd uh, like to thank again our sponsors, Lottoland. Disassociate ourselves from any suggestion, whatever of bestiality, uh, on the show. We're just talking about affection and and attraction and love towards your pet. Yeah, Is like you it? can. Yeah, it's like it's it's. You know, it's not all attraction is has a has a connotation with it. In fact, you know, it's, yeah. it's just the like, sun of attraction actually sold for over a million quid at the same. If you're attracted, if you're attracted to the sun, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have amorous feelings towards it. <laughs> our thanks again, amorous or amorous? You're not amorous, yeah. no. Amorous, our thanks amorous. again to our sponsor Lotto Land, where you can dream big for your Euro millions and Irish Lotto betting. Check out the SSE or Trinity in European qualifier markets at lottoland.e forward slash sportsbook. I've nothing more to say. Um, hope you enjoyed the show. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> but there are limits. To-